1: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn.
0: Hour two here on The Sports Complex here on The Horn. Gonna talk some uh, Texas basketball, some NFL, more of your text. So we got some time. We'll get into some NBA talk as well coming up here on the show. And of course, whatever you guys want to talk about, you guys send in the text. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. So whatever you guys want to talk about, keep sending those texts, and we'll keep answering them. Even you know, I know we get the uh, Quinn Ewers question every once in a while. We get it because there is. It's. I mean, it's still on my feed all the time about uh, that he's going. He's going to the Big Ten, and he's going to the ACC, and he's, he's going to place. He's not going. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. But I appreciate everybody who's listening. I appreciate everybody who's joining us on the text line. 512-447-3776. We're asking you the poll of the day. What is you? What are you most nervous about on Saturday? It could be that you're worried about something in the Oklahoma State game. It could be that you're worried about something outside of the Oklahoma State game not going the way you want it. It could be that you know you're worried. You're worried that you're going to burn the pot roast. I don't know. Texting what you want there, and since we're playing Jimi Hendrix all week, we're asking who your favorite guitar player of all time is as well. Just having a little fun on a Thursday. Big show tomorrow. If you've not heard, big show tomorrow. Uh, Aaron Hogan will be joining. He has a special guest. He will be in Dallas at Terry Black's Barbecue. If you're going in the town early to get to the game, you can go check out uh, Aaron Hogan. From 4 to 7 p.m., he'll be joining me here on the Sports Complex, having a good show, talking Big 12 championship game, Texas, and what it means, and college football playoffs. We'll be talking about all that uh, tomorrow, 4 to 7 p.m., and then 8 to 11 pregame on Saturday morning, taking you up to kickoff. We will have Aaron Hogan, myself. If Rob Babers is healthy enough, and we know he's dealing with some illness, he will be back in as well to talk uh, more. And And Aaron will be in Arlington at Jay Gilligan's which will be taking a shuttle over to Jerry world. So you are able to take a shuttle. If you want to go hang out with Aaron Hogan in the morning, before you go head off to the game in Arlington, they're planning to take a bunch of people. So they'll take you as long as well uh, to go enjoy the game. You can go check it out with Aaron Hogan, eight to 11 brought to you by our friends at one source gas and our great travel sponsor in uh Hayes city store. So very cool to have some partners here in Austin that want to help us go out and give you the best Texas football coverage. We can bring you. We are thanking them. Very much. All right. So we got all that out. And also, if you don't know, the show moves next week. Uh, 4 to 6 p.m. will be the new time starting next week on the show. So we're starting 4 p.m. Uh, four PM to 7 p.m. tomorrow. And then next week we'll start 4 to 6 p.m. And uh, the Rich Eisen sandwich is what we'll be doing here on the Sports Complex. Uh, I do want to mention Texas plays Texas State tonight. Not a huge uh, matchup for Texas, but hopefully you'll get to see some more guys get into the game. They've kind of whittled down that rotation. Hopefully Chris Johnson will get a little bit more time. That's a guy you want to see start coming along for Texas. Uh, him along with Shedrick and Max Acemas are some of the new additions that you hope to take up some space. And and really with Chris Johnson, it's can he step up in his freshman season and be an impact player and and really take that to the next level. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to the speed of the game, but every time he can get into a game, it helps Get him a little bit closer to being maybe playing a couple more minutes. We also know that the way that uh, Kendall plays, that he may get into foul trouble in some of these games, and you'll need another guard to come in and play some minutes and spell these guys. So Chris Johnson needs to be ready to go. So hopefully we're going to see him. Texas is a nineteen half point favorite, so it shouldn't be that close of a game. Hopefully Texas handles them. Uh, we can mention they do have some height in guards. They're not an overall big, huge team. Uh, they do have a couple 6'9 guys, so it is, they're not a tiny team, and they do have some height in the guards. A lot of their guys are around 6'4 to 6'9, uh, like 6'6, 6'7. You get some guys around in that area. So Texas does have some uh, – You know the guards are going to have to go out there and play big and use some body around there. Uh, we can note that one of the guys you're going to look out for for Texas State is Brandon Love. 6'9", junior, uh, forward. He scored, He's averaging 11 points and 7 rebounds. That's someone to check out in this game uh, and see what he can do playing defensively uh, against jo- uh, Caden Shedrick if he continues his great run that he's having for Texas. And Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason played his first game of the season this year. He was only averaging 6.5 points last year. Came into the game uh, against UT Arlington and put up 21 points off the bench. So we'll see whether he gets in the starting lineup. If he plays more minutes, what he looks like this season. Uh, he's a sophomore out of Houston, I believe. So uh, that is another player for Texas that they may have to look out for if he's feeling hot and he's feeling good because he's fresh and you know feels good getting the game. But he got into his first game of the season uh, last game for Texas State and was able to put up 21. So something to some people to look out for in the game. And, of course, we'll see Texas, who their leading scores. If Max Acemas and Tyrese Hunter can get that shot going, if IT Horton can continue to pick up on the defensive end and keep his shot going, uh, those are all things to watch out for in the game tonight. It's 8 o'clock on Longhorn Network. Uh, if you're wondering where to check out the game for Texas versus Texas State, uh, let's get back to the text line, and then we'll get into some Cowboys talk. How about that? Uh, back on the text line, uh, Texter says... Uh, For the question of favorite guitar player, Jimmy and SRV, they're equal in your opinion, and also no injuries, please. So the the only worry is it's just always the worry, which is no injuries. Let's be healthy. Let's get through this game, and let's play well. And partially what can help is if you're not playing your guys in the fourth quarter because you're up by 45 points, that would be a great thing to see. So hopefully we'll be up by enough, and we can kind of rest our players, and we won't get beat up too much. Uh, you know, there is going to be some beat up because Oklahoma State's going to play you tough, but you don't want any lingering injuries that'll continue. You do get a break, which is very nice after this game. No matter what happens, you are going to get a break uh, till January. So you basically get a month break to get healthy after this game, but no major injuries. I'm with you on that one. Dexter says, I'm most worried about Ollie Gordon, but we have Byron and Tavondre. Yes, Ollie Gordon is, of course, he's, you know, he's a really, really good running back. We played one last week in Taj Brooks, and Taj Brooks uh, in a game where they were down, still almost put up 100 yards. I believe he put up 95 against Texas. So those good backs are going to get some coverage and get some, get some yardage. They're just going to. But if you're able to slow them down to that is the only point of attack and they, they're just kind of riding him and need him to have 150 and you're able to hold him under 100, Texas should be able to do it. But you need those big guys and you need to be able to stay on it on the edges as well. Uh, Texter says... Eddie Van Halen uh, is the god of guitar, and Saturday I'm worried about Sark being outcoached and Ewers disappearing. I'll give you, I don't think Ewers is going to disappear as much. We've seen him already go up against a couple, three eyes, three down. I think playing indoors in that Oklahoma State game last year, he kept going to Xavier Worthy with a broken hand. He was throwing into the wind and throwing with the wind. Uh, It was very windy that last year, and he just he was not the same quarterback he is this season. So I think that he'll play better. The question is, is Quinn going to be able to run it all in this game? And where is his arm health? Because I think him being able to run and get out of the pocket is a huge added benefit. He'll definitely be able to probably add it back by December, by January, uh, if you're playing in a bowl game, if he's playing, and depending on what he's, you know, what he decides to do. But I, I do think that there's – I'm not as worried as about him completely disappearing in this game because I've seen what his track record is this season. I know last season and Sark talked about it on Monday about, you know, you know, what what happened in the last game. And I think there was some extenuating circumstance. He was also hurt last year in that game as well. So I think, you know, he's gotten a lot better at that three I three down. Gundy's gonna throw a bunch of different stuff at him. They're gonna that Oklahoma State is gonna throw a bunch of different stuff. Uh, I'm not as worried about him disappearing. And the biggest point that Sark made when he asked about it was the difference of Ewers last year and this year is Ewers used to compound problems. He used to have uh, you know, uh, a drop turns into misses, turns into interceptions. And this year, a drop is a drop. An interception's an interception. And a miss is a miss. And he moves on from that and can come back and play at a high level again. And that's something he didn't have last season. So if you're able to come up, and now you don't want to have any mistakes, but you're going to probably have a few. Maybe it's just a missed pass. Maybe it's something where you know you just misread the read and the ball goes out of bounds, whatever it is. I think that the fact that he's gotten their year, and throw in the fact that it is an indoor, regulated place that they're playing at Jerry World, I think is a is a pretty good one. And also, Eddie Van Halen's awesome. I agree with you there. Jan says, uh, nervous about one the slants, two quick game and pass against our aggressive defense. Gundy shall have special plays specifically for us. I'm sure he does. I'm sure Gundy has everything he has. I don't think he has the players to pull him off the same way as Ollie Gordon and not a lot of other really great players on this team because the NIL is not there necessarily and the transfer portal he's not using really well. So he could, you know, they're going to put up a fight. I think the reality of playing Oklahoma State, the thing you just have to keep remembering about Oklahoma State is they're very they've started a lot of games this season not playing good football. And then because they come out in the second half and the other team kind of lays off, they they pounce on that. Texas has to be aware to be a second-half team to play like they did against Tech and not allow them to get up, and I think they should be okay. No, it is, you know, who knows? It's football. It's a big game. Anything can happen. But you need to stay on top of them and not let them ever get out. Uh, does OSU have a running back behind Ollie Gordon? No, I don't. I, I mean, not anybody that, that's, that is that level. They don't have a running back room like Texas does and Ganesha will throw the kitchen sink at us. Uh, Yeah, I I think that he will, uh, you know, he's going to try everything, but I think at a certain point, when do you try everything and when do you graciously realize, well, it's not worth getting my players hurt and let's just go ahead and, you know, let's play smart and let's hand the ball off to Ollie Gordon. I think the problem is, the the question is, can you turn Alan Bowman into a a turnover machine? If you start to get him to turn it over and you start to get turnovers, it throws everything off for Oklahoma State, because they need to play really clean football to compete with Texas. Texter says, with 35, Mario from Hutto says, with 35-17, do anything? Uh, I, that's what I'm seeing anyway. is a great coach, and he can be scary. That's probably what I'm worried about the most. And Tom Morello's favorite guitar player. All right, all right, I can see that. I went and saw Tom Morello downtown during South By, but I decided not to bother him because he was in a conversation. But, you know, I think 35-17, it's a good score I don't know if it's a, it's a big victory. You need a lot of help uh, if you get there. You may be able to get over Ohio State, but I don't know. What we've seen so far is the Big Ten seems to be pulling a lot of power, and Ohio State could eke their way back in, which is all BS. And again, if Florida State wins, there's no way you jumped in with that score. I think it to be a little bit more impressive than that. But that is also not a bad one. I don't think it hurts you at all if you get a 35-17 win either. Scarlett says, of course, I love and grew up on the legends like Clapton Gilmore and Eddie V, but I'm going to give some serious love to Dimebag. I like that. He belongs in the conversation. Also, today, my two favorites are Justin Johnson, insane blues, blues guitars, and Mike Dawes, and equally insane percussive guitars. Very nice. I like that. I like that. By the way, I'll give a shout out because it is two weeks away now. In two weeks, uh, I'll be hosting uh, Jelly's. Twelfth annual Guitar Jam. I cannot remember off the top of my head. Uh, at did uh, three ten at ACL Live. Get your tickets now before they sell out. Uh, it's for a firefighter's relief fund It is a really cool charity event that happens every year. A bunch of awesome musicians get together. Uh, you'll get some cool bands like Tomar and the FCS, the past lives and jelly playing full sets. And then this jam that is just crazy with so many talented musicians coming up and playing. I get to host it every year and it's so much fun. Uh, so get your tickets for that. I'm going to post it up after the show post promise. Follow me on it at it's Patrick Davis on Twitter and I'll post it on my Instagram at it's Patrick Davis. And you can go in there and uh, get your tickets now. Cause there's going to be a load of fun, uh, coming up. But Jelly Ellington is one of the best guitar players in Austin. I will tell you that hands down now as well. All right, let's talk a little Cowboys, and I'll get back to the text line. I see there's a bunch more in there, and I want to get to them. So I want to talk some Cowboys though before uh, I miss out on talking about them. I promise I would. Uh, it's not a ton to talk about because this is a Cowboys team that is a nine and a half point favorite tonight. They should be able to win the game. They should be able to win this game handily. The real question is, uh, can they still play well against an above 500 team? This is the question. I think they can. I think they will tonight. But the Cowboys, this is an unfortunate stat of theirs, and you play who's on your schedule. I get it. You play who's on your schedule. The Cowboys have beaten one team that was above 500 when they played them. That was the Jets at 1-0. That's your one team that you played that was above 500 when you played them. And so they just haven't had the con- – and beat them. Let's put it that way. Uh, and so they just haven't had – the the level of competition yet. The next five games we know are going to be tough for them. It starts with the Seahawks on Thursday night. The good news for the Cowboys, you played on Thursday last week. You're at home. You shouldn't have the Thursday short week worry because I know you probably let your guys go home and get Thanksgiving, but you don't necessarily have the same short week that a lot of these guys do. You should be ready to go. And the numbers for Geno Smith, unfortunately, aren't great. In the last five games, he's five touchdowns, four interceptions. Those aren't great numbers. This, these Seahawks' offense hasn't looked great. They're about to go up against a really good defense, and we know what that Dan Quinn defense can do. He knows how to play against Seattle. He used to coach there. He was the, 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 the mind behind the Legion of Boom. And then the reality is the Legion of Boom is gone. So if we say the Seahawks' offense is not going to be able to get it done, Kenneth Walker is probably out as well. I've not seen the update. Text it in if you've seen it, and we'll mention it. Uh, but the Seahawks' pass defense is seconds. And that's a problem because the Cowboys can't run the ball. We know that, but they can't throw it. And Dak is playing really, really well right now. I see, tech, I see the Cowboys covering this. Nine and a half points does not seem like a crazy cover. It's Thursday night, so it's probably going to be a little bit more lower scoring. But I think this is a game that the Cowboys shouldn't really have a ton of problems with. They should be able to throw the ball on this Seattle defense. And Geno Smith just hasn't been the guy. Uh, they're going to pass rush him. They're going to go after him in this game. I can tell you I personally pulled DK Metcalf out of my fantasy lineups that I have him in just because Thursday night games, I don't like playing a lot of guys anyway. And it, it just it doesn't feel like it's going to be a big game. Could be. Who knows? It's football. Let's, that's why they play the game. But uh, not a ton of faith. Not a ton of faith in the Seahawks to make much of a game tonight uh, for Seattle. All right, let's get a couple more texts before we take a break, and then we'll get more texts. I'm trying to read everybody's texts before we get out of here. I also want to play this interview with Alex Okafor from uh, Hook Him Up. That's really good. Alex Okafor doing some cool stuff. Uh, Arborhorn81 says, My son, Jimi Hendrix, and Bruce Lee were all born on November 27th. I'm a pretty big fan of all three. I like that one. I like that. And always, always, it's turnovers and fourth down conversions that fail. That is what worries me. That's how we about better teams get upset by underdogs, like what happened in the OU game. I just want to win in a big Ten, Big 12 championship. I don't care if it's by one point. Let the chips fall where they may. It's been a one heck of a year. I like that. I like that Auburn. And the reality is, we saw against uh, with against Texas Tech, Sark kicked field goals and it worked wonderfully. And he punted the ball and it worked wonderfully. Because the defense then was playing on shorter field or longer fields. And the defense was able to stop Texas Tech from even getting into field goal range. And they had to punt. Which meant Texas getting, got in better field position. They've got to play field position. Instead of trying to make every drive have to count for full. And you need seven every time. Just kick the field goal. Just kick the field goal. Take the three and then play the field position game. And get back there on the ball. I think he's starting to learn that that may be the way for Texas so I agree with you there, and turnovers always. Turnovers always, but, you know, you're going to hope for the best on there. Dex says, you said it, SRV. got to see him live several times. Very cool. Including his last outdoor concert in Austin before he passed away. He was one of the performers you had to see live. A true force of nature. I do have, I've, I've seen live recordings, and I've, seen, I've heard a lot of bootleg tapes of Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, from people I know that have them. It's a very cool thing. Uh, of course, every, if, you, if you grew up in Austin, you have to love Stevie Ray Vaughan. Uh, Foch says Pete Townsend. All right. I'm a big who fan. My dad was a, is a bass player. So he's a huge John it fan. So I grew up, John it and Keith moon's a beast. And there's some really great stuff. Uh, why not just add another hour? I only get half with you. Uh, I appreciate it's just me is why I did not add another hour. Uh, it is, it is not necessarily easy to fill uh, all the hours, especially once we get done in football season wraps up. So that's the reason. Uh, it's not great. Maybe, maybe we'll add one at one point. Also, we need to play Rich Eisen three hours. We have an agreement with Rich Eisen to play him three hours a day, so we have to fit him in to the the schedule as well. So there are reasons behind it. But uh, look, we're going to try and get the podcast out a little bit quicker than we have been. Uh, so we'll try and get the podcast. So hopefully, you'll be able to check out the shows uh, and listen to them, the podcast versions. If you're not able to listen live. We'll hopefully keep that going and, and keep you going, and you can still text in, and hopefully we'll see, and you just text in and before and then listen to the answer. Average Joe says, SRV all day. I like that. Phil the Thrill says, Tony Iommi, Black Sabbath. Got to see him play live. His story is one of the best with the, the fingers chopped off and the, the uh, inventing tuned down because his fingers got chipped, the tips of his fingers got chipped off or cut off in the, the factory. Great story. TJ Horn says Horns bulletin board materials Sark eleven one Coach Gundy of uh, John Gundy coach of the year good stuff I like that T J Horn I think they're going into that I think uh A. Barron not being first team I think there's a lot of guy Quinn Ewers being an honorable mention I think a lot of guys are going to take offense to that Adonai Mitchell not being first team they may take offense to that so I think there's some you know I think for Jay Brooks the fact that they they didn't put Jay Brooks as uh, the offensive player you know they didn't have him up there the best running back? I think those might be some questions where people might say, hey, let's go win one and really stick it. And remember, we we had a texter mention this earlier. Who's going to hand out the trophy but Brett Yarmark, And I think all of them would love to see him do that. I don't think there's a single Texas player who wouldn't love to see Brett Yarmark have to hand a trophy to Sark. I think they'd all love that. So I think we got that one. Uh, this texter says, Dimebag, greatest guitar player, Texas is playing down to Texas playing down to OSU, giving Gundy a puncher's chance is your biggest worry. So Dimebag like that one, and, uh, and Texas playing down. Yeah, I, I'm i hoping they don't, too. You know, it's always a worry. I think I'm trying to think of this team as a higher level than that, but I, I'm with you. Uh, Lorenzo, my man Lorenzo says, My favorite guitarist, hands down, would be it to be Santana. All right. I grew up working for the Leo boys, so I have listened to plenty of Santana. As far as my worries for the game, the way we know Gundy is going to give us Uh, His all and be unpredictable, but yet still try to know that this entails because he never makes our games easy and loves those games with Oklahoma State. Yeah, Gundy really does try and make it hard. It's not always the worst. I think it's much worse when you're at Oklahoma State. It's going to be on a neutral field. It's going to be indoors. I think all of that is going to help out Texas a lot. You're not going to have the fans like at Oklahoma State right on your shoulders and getting into your head. That won't be a factor as much. Uh, and I, you know, we'll see how many Oklahoma State fans travel. I think there's going to be plenty of them, but I think there'll be more Texas fans because Texas has something that bigger for, that they're playing for right now. So Oklahoma State fans are going to want to be there, but I think Texas fans will travel well for this game. Uh, I would also like to point out from the soundbite you just played, even if you try to say that Texas has just been squeaking by in some games, well, TCU did the same last year and they still played for the championship without winning the conference championship. I agree. And now, th- what's weird about this year? is that there is four undefeated teams right now. That's never happened at this point in the season. It wasn't supposed to happen. It's why you're moving it to 12 teams. Uh, but that's kind of throwing a wrench in everything because Texas normally, in a normal season, would be at least five right now, if not four. In a normal season, they would have moved up much more, and there would have been a lot more one-loss teams. And Texas, the argument is, are they the best one-loss team? That's a different argument. I think they're better than Oregon. I think they're better than Ohio State, but I'm a homer. So what are you going to say? All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to place this to hook them up with Ian Robbie. We're going to get to finish up these techs all in the sports complex. The Horn, 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com.
1: The sports complex
2: Ah! of the horn.
0: Complex here on a Thursday afternoon. Lane Jimmy, last Jimmy song of the week. You know we're gonna play a five one two Friday tomorrow. Big show four to seven, four to seven tomorrow. Talking with Aaron Hogan and and some special guests and talking a lot of Texas football I'll show tomorrow. So we hope you join us uh, to get ready for that Big Twelve Championship tomorrow. Uh, be a good show. Back on the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Jello cat says, given all the injuries in the current QB landscape, can you remember a time where the NFL had so many bad QBs starting at once? I think it partially contributes to the bad primetime games. Uh, yeah, I, I think there has been the times, and I know you j- you people forget about it because you only remember the good stuff, and you don't remember like Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer have won Super Bowls. You know, there's been not great quarterbacks. And I know there's a lot of injuries and in, in, you know QB evaluation and what people want in QBs has changed. I think the game has become a lot more uh risk of like risk based. And so you want to get a quarterback who can do something so risk-based that a backup, it really sticks out like a sore thumb. I also think there's issues in how they're hiring coaches. That I think there's so many hires of coaches that are just guys who kind of stayed in line. And you know, you get some guys that are Mike McDaniels and, and D'Amico Ryan's and Bobby Slowick's and Cal Shannon's, and you get a lot of other guys that just paid their dues and are now head coaches and, and offensive coordinators and they don't really they can't do anything, and so they can't help a young quarterback get to the next level because they're just not great coaches. But I, I do think there has been times where you know there isn't as great now. You, Joe Burrow going down hurts, but there's still Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott's playing at a really high level. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playing at a really high level right now. There's a lot of guys. If I look at the league, I could tell you a lot more. And like guys like Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. He's just on a bad team. So there's are giving guys like that that are playing, and they're just the team's not playing well, and they have a coach they should have fired, you know, a year ago. Uh, coach Rodney Rosebud lot. Someone posted a video today on Facebook of highlights from the first Big Twelve Championship when James Brown was a quarterback. Their uniforms look so old compared to compare today. I'm as excited as for the Big Twelve Championship game as I was for that one. It's a great time to be a Longhorn fan. Hook them. Thank you, Coach Rodney. I like that. I like that little positivity there. Uh, hard to pick just one of the. The favorite guitar players, this texture says, Albert King, SRV, and uh, Trey Anastasio. All right, all right. I can go with you on that one. Not a big jam band guy, but I, again, I, I respect it. In the crazy scenario where Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State all lose, then who's in? I mean, Texas is in, Alabama would be in, and one of the Big Ten teams would still be in, whether it's Michigan or Ohio State, most likely Ohio State, because they would, you know, find a way to make it Ohio State, and... uh and Oregon, Oregon would definitely be in. So that would be my guess is who would be in there. Georgia may still be in there then, and it may not be a Big Ten. I think the conversation would be there, but I think Texas would be able to jump and get in in that scenario uh, if everybody lost. But I do not see that happening. And Washington, Oregon kind of is a is uh, is a is a wash because Oregon gets in if Washington loses. Uh, Oklahoma Greg says I. Uh, I live in Stillwater and all the talk up here is Gordon will make a case for the Heisman against Texas. He's already getting the Doak Walker, according to the sports guys up here. I'm sure it's interesting confidence. No, he's really good. And I get why they have confidence in him. He's playing really well. You know, he's, he's a good running back, but we saw Taj Brooks was a really good running back. And you know, he had a good game against Texas against a really good run defense. It's just a really good run defense. So. We'll see how much Gundy tries to scheme him and how much he just tries to plow through, but Gordon Gordon's a good running back. He's going to get close to 100 yards, if not 100 yards on Texas. He's going to go after it. But also, if Texas continue, continue to score, at what point do you have to start throwing the football or do you just keep running? Do you just keep running? And that's kind of what Texas Tech did all season. It wasn't, and they fell down far too far in that game. And for Oklahoma State, they've been doing that and, and continuing to run the ball. But w- what's the number how many points can you put up, and you continue to play good defense against them that they have to start throwing the ball, and it's done. WPI parts guy says was worried about the officiating, but I think we'll we'll be the only game on, and they won't screw us too bad. I don't think they'll screw us too bad. Uh, I think they know better at this point. And in reality, you know, as much as they don't like Texas, they're just not going to call holding. That's kind of what they've been doing all season, so I don't, I don't go with that. Very guitar player, the Reverend Willie G. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Billy Gibbons, one of the greats. Actually, Billy Gibbons uh, was quoted as one of Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar players, so it all ties in that Jimi Hendrix saw him back probably in the Moving Sidewalk days. <laughs> uh, I Put Jack White on my favorite of uh, greatest I've ever seen live, and we all know Creed has the greatest guitar hero of all time. Nate, Nate, if you just want to. If you just want to lie on the text line, that's fine. And <laughs> Patrick, no one wants to hear your Cowboys hate, I thought it was a pretty positive Cowboys segment there. I thought it was pretty positive about the Cowboys that they're going to cover the, the Seahawks. I'm just giving you facts, but I, I think they're going to cover. They can't run the football. They haven't played a good team. I think they're going to win by. I think they're going to win by double digits tonight. I, I'm not. None of these are. None of these are lies. Just stating facts. CPOW says. Uh, and if you, can you give us a volleyball score versus AM. I do not have that on uh, out by me. I can probably try and do it at the end of the show. I'll see if I can look it up. And teams at Blitz Texas often on third down. Uh, got to be ready. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Brandon R says, I won't be able to listen to the show for a little while once it switches over to four to six, but I'm going to go out with the win tonight. Say so the Cowboys win 31 to 21. I like that. Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you. Make my nights much more enjoyable on the ride home from work. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, SRV, again, SRV and Clapton said it Uh, and is CJ healthy now? Are we talking uh, CJ Baxter or are we talking CJ Stroud? Which one are we talking? Uh, CJ Baxter, I believe is healthy. I think he's okay to play I've not heard him listed on any report that he would not be playing in this game, so I think he'll be playing I want to play his interview with Alex Okafor right now. He was on Hook Him Up with Ian uh, Robbie the other day It's a really good interview uh, with a former Lifetime
2: Longhorn Hey, let's go to uh, the Vaqueros hotline and uh, bring on a very busy guy, but one of the, uh, uh, the Lifetime Longhorns doing great work all through Austin, Texas, great work in our community. Uh, he is a Lifetime Longhorn and Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs, our friend Alex Okafor. Alex, how are you, man?
1: Hey, what's going on, fellas? I appreciate y'all having me. Appreciate you. Bad?
2: And I see you everywhere. I see you with my man Bob Ballew. You're on KVU. You're doing all kinds of stuff. Appreciate watching it. You do great work, my friend. No doubt. I
1: appreciate that. Uh, This uh, media stuff is new for me, so I'm just trying to break through the space and uh, just get better with every rep.
2: Yep. Well, better with every rep. Just borrow what you did to make it to the National Football League. That's right. Uh, uh, Get better with every rep. Hey, speaking of that, for this Texas defense, when you analyze it and really break it down, uh, what makes this... Team such a run. I mean, we know Sweat and Murphy in the middle, but when you watch them from, from you know, uh, te- technically, why are they so good at stopping the run? Man,
1: they're just a physical bunch. If I'm being honest, like if you really break down the film and watch the tape, they're just whipping the man in front of them. They're beating double teams. They're slapping people across the line of scrimmage. They're a physical group, and I think you got to thank Coach Bo Davis for that.
0: Man, I think uh, I'll tease a little bit on you. You have this great podcast now called Behind the Face Mask and I think. Uh, you, you talked a little bit about, uh, about it, and I think you, you talked with uh, Tavandre and kind of let something out
1: about that whole situation, if you could talk about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, I have a new podcast called Behind the Face Mask. It's on YouTube. Go ahead and look that up. And uh, the first interview that I had was with Big T Sweat. And we kinda relived the uh the infamous Bo Davis bus rant from two years ago. And basically he took responsibility for it. He said, you know, I wasn't the same guy that I am now. I'm more mature, I'm a better leader. And back then, you know, even after a loss, I didn't take things as seriously and I just felt like football wasn't everything and he got caught laughing in the wrong moment and coach Bo Davis didn't receive that well and then you know the rest is online for so you all to go look up but uh it, it, it was cool for him to get to open up and kind of reflect on that situation and how much he's grown.
2: Yeah we've actually played that and borrowed it and played it on the show here uh, for you Alex because it was such a it was coming off of the uh the win over Iowa State and it's such a you know, you know turning point for the program and You can speak to that, and you know we we Devondre Sweat's you know the the life of the party, man. He is he's a he's a big time character. You can see him kind of giggling through things sometimes, and everybody reacts differently to things. But uh, you know I think that that whole story that he revealed to you that he was the guy laughing and he was the you know lit the fuse on Bo Davis and the tantrum uh, that maybe you know cleaned out this program. Uh, The fact that you know Bo didn't hold a grudge, Coach Davis. I mean the team built this thing, and Tavandre went to work and is a big part of the turn, right? Uh, Two years later, he's a guy that uh, has a chance to win the Outland Trophy in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that just goes to show kind of the player development uh, being brought back to the university. I know over the past 10 years, a lot of Texas fans kind of complained, including myself, that the players just weren't developing in the system. Now, fast forward to where we're at now. Not only are the players developing physically, you see them developing mentally as well. And that, I mean, T Sweat's the best example of that, just mentally, how he's changed his leadership, how he's brought younger guys along with him. It just shows the development of T Sweat in the team itself.
2: Hey, Alex Okafer is with us. Alex, speaking of, the, of culture, and Sark has uh, been, you know, talked openly about how they've gone about, you know, really intentionally building that culture and letting players bond and get to know one another. Uh, you know, culture can be fleeting though. How, how when, when, when T sweat moves on and, and uh, Byron Murphy and Jalen Ford and Jade Barron and these guys, when they move on, you know, however this season wraps up, uh, how do you make sure if you're Sark that that, that stays in the program? How do you keep building on that culture and not uh, let it swing back the other way?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, first of all, let's pray that uh big Murph stays cause that'll, that'll help a lot in terms of keeping the culture intact, but, uh, it just comes through the development that I spoke on a few minutes ago. Um, not only are our top guys developing, but everybody must develop. These freshmen have to develop right when they get into the program. Sophomores got to be ready to carry the torch and step in right away. Every position in every age group has to develop through, within their parameters, and I think that's what we must see for this program to take the next step.
2: Hey, Let me ask you about culture because, I mean, you had it at Texas and then uh, you know, into the NFL, three different organizations. You won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. You know, is, is that a palpable thing? Can you talk about that, the, the, you know, different organizations and different cultures? I have to think, you know, when you're in KC with, with Mahomes and Reed, and it's kind of a baked-in thing that you just you either get on board or you're not going to be there in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, and it starts with your top guys. So, I mean, when I was in Kansas City, you look at guys like Pat, you look at guys like Travis, you look at guys like Big Red, which is Coach Andy Reed, and you know you're going to get the best out of them week in and week out. So somebody like me, who am I not to give my best week in and week out? And it just kind of trickles down throughout the locker room. That's what we got to see with this Texas team. You know, big sweat's going to come week in and week out. You know, Coach Sark, his play calling is going to be amazing week in and week out. Coach Bo Davis is going to give you all the guys week in and week out. So now it just has to trickle throughout the program, and that's how culture is involved. That's how culture is developed.
0: Man, I think I think since you know. I've gotten to know you a lot recently and I think, you know, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, what's, what's your next, what's uh, what's next for Alex and what are you focusing on?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I'm just trying to break into the sports media space. I wanted to, I told myself when I stopped playing, I wanted to stay as close to sports as possible without having to actually coach. So uh, those are my goals (laughs) for right now. Um, Right now I'm doing a longhorn breakdowns on our local CBS station and our local ABC station here in Austin, um, also I have my podcast behind the face mask and also with, uh, your co-host today, Nick Shuley, I'm doing the third and long, the third and longhorn podcast as well. So just trying to, you know, develop my resume. And like I said earlier, get better with every rep and try to expand within this space.
2: Yeah, it's all good stuff. I've seen the TV and the third and Longhorn there. Derek Johnson comes on that. you got a bunch of guys. It's pretty cool. I really enjoy watching that. And Alex Ofer. Alex, when you're breaking the film, and this is what uh, fans love and I love about watching your breakdowns, you you watch film your whole life. Uh, You normally do the show with Rod Babers, and of course he has too. When you watch the film of Texas versus Oklahoma State, uh, what concerns you about the Cowboys uh, for this matchup on Saturday?
1: Yeah, well, obviously they got one of the best running backs in the nation in Ollie Gordon. So, uh, It'll be a nice matchup for our D-line once again to have to prove to stop another elite rushing attack. But uh, outside of that, I mean, if I'm being honest, if we show up, I don't think there's much that Oklahoma State can do to us. And we have to go in there with that mentality. I'm not saying sleep on Oklahoma State. I'm not saying underestimate them. But it's more of knowing who we are and who they are. And if we bring our A game, there's nothing that they can do with us. And we have to prepare like that.
2: Uh you, you played for a lot of coaches, Alex. Alex Okafer is with us. You just heard he's doing all kinds of great media and podcasts and T V, joining us here this morning to preview this game. Uh Steve Sarkeesian, uh, what you know, everyone has learned him over three years, but man, really you know, he, he started this back in the summer, where he went on that Pivot podcast and talked about this team looks like my team. They talk like my team. You know the the consistency within his coaching staff that has, has helped permeate this this leadership. What do you uh, What do you take from Steve Sarkisian of the type of uh, of leader he's become for the Texas football program? Yeah, uh, one
1: thing that's impressed me the most about Sark is him coming into the program. Kind of like you mentioned, he had a specific idea of what he wanted this team to look like. And he had a roadmap on how to build that type of team. And he has not veered an inch off of that roadmap. Each and every recruiting class, he's recruiting his type of guys. And not only that, if we transition into play calling, like a lot of coaches, you always wonder, like, what is their specialty? And, you know, why did they get hired? Coach Sark, he's known as a brilliant play caller. What people hate is when you bring in a brilliant a brilliant play caller. He doesn't call plays like that no more. One thing about Sark is he's brought that play calling with him, and it's gotten better each and every year, and you'd love to see that.
2: Hey, Alex, man, we appreciate it. Tell folks again how they can find uh, all the, the things you're doing, the podcast, the TV. You're on there with KVU on ABC and, of course, Bob Ballou on CBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, breaking it down, and then uh, the podcast. Give them one more run of how they can find you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my Behind the Face Mask podcast, you can find that on YouTube. Just type in Behind the Face Mask, and all of the interviews will pop up. You can catch my local CBS Austin breakdown Sunday night at 10 p.m., and you can uh, catch my local ABC Austin uh, breakdowns on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. And last but not least, I do the Third and Longhorn podcast with Nick Shuley, and that drops – Nick, you can tell them whenever that drops. I think that drops every Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. So,
0: Yeah, we, we generally record it on Wednesdays and then put it out on Fridays, I think.
2: All right, looking right forward the to game. that. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you, Hey, Alex. Good to hear you. Join us anytime and uh, appreciate the insights and good luck uh, with everything you're doing, my friend.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
2: Alex, Alex. Okafor, there you go. Uh, there it is.
0: Good stuff there from Alex Okafor, a Lifetime Longhorn, uh, giving you some info about Oklahoma State, giving you some info. Uh, about the texas longhorns good stuff we got to take a break when we come back try and finish up these text messages and uh, wrap up the show here on the sports complex on the horn 1019 am 1260 the horn app and hornfm.com
2: the sports
1: complex afternoons 5 to 7 of the horn all right
0: running out of time again thanks everybody on the text sign. a couple of we missed uh Eric Johnson's another guitar player that's great. Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. Zach Wilde. Randy Rhodes. Great. Uh, Texas names. Dimebag Darrell. Cord Pull of Texas. Oh, Hippie Coalition. Good stuff there. Monty Montgomery, another Austin musician. Very good. I've actually interviewed Monty before. Very nice guy. Uh, well, oh, man, how can I forget? Add Lightning Hopkins in there as well. And Nate says, my, my Cowboys positivity is insincere. It's, in, it's sincere. Nate, I'm a very sincere guy. Come on. Appreciate everybody listening. Big show tomorrow. 4 to 7 p.m. Tune in. Aaron Hogan joining. Special guest out in Dallas at Terry Black's Barbecue. We hope to have you here tomorrow. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here for more of the Sports Complex 4 p.m. tomorrow right here on the Horn.